Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times in Walnut Creek, California. I have published and edited theweeklydriver.com since 2004. My longtime friend and co-host of the podcast since day one is Bruce Aldrich, and today we have a a special guest because it's a topic that we really haven't discussed in our 275-plus episodes of our podcast, and it's a gentleman, uh, Ben Welsh, who uh, owns a 1993 Suburban, Chevy Suburban, with more than a hundred, more than a million miles on it now, and um, that's a pretty great milestone. So, uh, welcome, sir, to our podcast. Thank you for being our guest. You betcha. My pleasure. My pleasure. And uh, actually, it's a '94, you guys. Oh, it is a '94 Suburban. '94. Oh, of, it's new then. It's okay. brand new. Thank you for that. One of the emails I got uh, said '93 on it, so uh, my mistake. Uh, maybe there's maybe there was one that had um, '94, more than one that had the correct year on it. So thank you for that. I well, guess what's cool about this, Ben, you could have to tell us about the vehicle, what motor it's got in it and whatnot, but this is a million miles on the same motor. That's that's crazy good mileage longevity. What, what can you tell us about the vehicle starting with, you know, the what motor and when you bought it and that type of stuff? Uh, it's a standard old 350 and I bought it new in uh, 94. And um, actually my intent wasn't to wasn't to get a lot of miles. I, uh, I really intended to trade every year, uh, starting in, in 95. And, uh, but it just worked well. I went back in 95 to trade and I could have traded for about $5,000, which I thought was reasonable. Uh, but I got to looking at the, at the new ones, the 95s, and I noticed that they didn't have the outside armrests on the front seats like the 94 did. And, uh, and that, that outside armrest just made it so comfortable to drive. It's just like sitting in your living room in your, in your easy chair going down the road. And so I thought, ah, uh, they'll probably bring those back next year. And so uh, I just, you know, I drove it another year and came back in uh, 96 and uh, they still hadn't brought them back. And I thought, well, surely by 97, they'll bring them back. So I went back in 97. Nope. They still weren't back. So at that point it had about probably around a hundred thousand on or so, and probably wasn't worth a whole lot. So I thought, I'll just drive it a couple more years. And, uh, you know, a couple more years turned into another five and 10 and, and it just, I didn't have any trouble with it. I just love the way it drove. I love the way it handled. So I just kept driving it. And, uh, here a few months ago, it finally went over a million miles and, uh, it's just been, uh, uh, amazingly trouble free with one exception and which was my fault back when it had about, uh, around 400,000 miles on it. Uh, I was coming back. I live in, uh, central or Eastern Nebraska. I was coming back from Oklahoma July the 5th, and it was really hot that day, probably the hottest day of the year. And uh, from uh, Tulsa, we came up to uh, Joplin, Missouri, and then from Joplin, you go pretty much straight north uh, into uh, opposite Nebraska. And uh, so anyway, uh, we turned at Joplin. About the time we turned north at Joplin, the uh, air conditioner quit working. Now, I don't know if you guys are married or not, but your wives probably wouldn't have said anything to you if your air conditioner went out. No, no, not a, nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> well, my wife, right. So uh, my wife did tell me, man, it's getting hot in here. And I said, well, 
probably out of Freon. We'll have to have Randy uh, uh, charge it up when we get back home. So I said, about, about the only thing we can do is just roll down the window. So that's what we did. And uh, I should have been, I should have been more perceptive. But as we turned north, we went on Highway 71, which is now Interstate 49. I mean, it's a four-lane divided highway, pretty much straight, straight up. And I noticed that it, the steering seemed like um, like the the road had ruts in the in the highway, right? And I thought, man, this is a this is a well-traveled highway. Missouri is really messing up. They need to fix this thing. I just couldn't uh, bring myself to believe that it was the fall of the suburban, right? <laughs> and so anyway. It was uh, when I finally stopped right before Harrisonville, Missouri. There's a little jog in the highway. And as I started to turn around that jog, I could hardly steer it. And that's when I finally looked down at the gauges. And, of course, the heat gauge was uh, as far, you know, it was, it was in the danger zone as far as it could go. The alternator, opposite way. I mean, uh, I thought, oh, man, uh, this thing is toast. Because uh, uh, I'd run that thing 110 miles with an outside temperature, when I finally pulled off at Harrisonville, Missouri, the temperature that day was 106 degrees. So I had run that thing without a water pump for 110 miles at that high, high temperature that day. That's, and, am- uh, that's amazing. It, um, se- it seems like a guy who can go a million miles has his eyes more concentrating on the dashboard gauges than he does <laughs> on the road. <laughs> Why well, was the slip? Well, okay. <laughs> Uh, and you're right there. I should have paid more attention, but where, where the steering wheel happened to hit my eyes to the to those gauges, the steering wheel was right in the in the way there. Now, if it had been at night, I'd have seen the gauges, right? If it, right. If it had happened, this was midday, and so I didn't see it until I thought. And I just, you know, I I at that point drove that thing 400,000 miles and had zero problems. Uh, I just couldn't bring myself to believe there was anything wrong with the truck. So anyway, that uh, if it had been a night, I'd have seen it. But I, I, I really messed up. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all I is really for, messed up. All is forgiven. <laughs> okay. Hey Ben, uh, uh, a couple of different things. I mean, there's so so many different ways we could take the interview. But uh, have did you once it surpassed a million miles, or maybe leading into the million miles, did you contact Chevrolet, or have you had been in contact with other people about? vehicles that travel a million miles and how did it come about that you know the public relations uh, people um let us know about you and i'm sure they let other journalists know about it what was the process for for that uh, celebration well the process was uh to go way back uh, uh back in the early 70s uh, i got back from vietnam didn't have any money had two kids and uh, had to have a vehicle so i bought a, a used vehicle had about ninety thousand miles on it because that's all I could afford at the time. And not very long after I bought it, I started just drinking oil. And uh, I took it to a couple different mechanics. Both of them ran, a, ran the compression check. And both of them told me I had one cylinder that, it, that was flat, no compression. And so I had a bus ring. I'd have to get overhauled. Well, it was like 1000 bucks or something back then to overhaul it. I didn't have the money. So I was just trying to get by. And you guys are probably familiar with uh, STP, okay? It's yes. a Pickner-type product. yes. And I used that, and it did help. Took it from a quarter every 50 miles to 150 miles. But at 150 miles, I'd be adding another quart of oil. And uh, about that time, I ran on to a fella in uh, central Nebraska, and he was telling me about this product. I got uh, I thought, well, might as well try it. 
And um, I tried their product. It wasn't a thickener. About the regular, about like 30 weight oil. It wasn't a thickener product. But he explained that the, the developer was a guy named Harry Conklin. And what he did, uh, he developed a, um, uh, what he calls a polar molecule. And just like two magnets will attach themselves together because of the difference in polarity, well, that's what he developed into all of his lubricant products. I think maybe metal is negatively charged and these molecules and all the products are positively charged or vice versa, one or the other. I'm not a chemist, but anyway, uh, so I, so I tried their oil product. I tried the, the, they've got a fuel conditioner, fuel system cleaner, actually everything from bumper to bumper, but I tried their, their, uh, uh, oil product and I tried the uh, fuel system cleaner as well, same time. And it went 400 miles before it was down a quart oil, which kind of got my attention. So I changed oil, put in, uh, a fresh oil, and I think at that time I was using Penn's oil, but I put in fresh oil, uh, one more pint of this product called TKO, and I added my first core oil after that at 1,400 miles. I never had to rebuild that engine, and all it did, I'm sure, was get in there and clean out the carbon that was behind those rings and let, let those rings expand and function like it was designed to function. And incidentally, my mileage went up. I checked it uh, on my mileage. It's a habit I I start since I start driving. I check my mileage every time I fill up. I'm sure and you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> we know that uh, about you. <laughs> okay. Well, the best I got on that was 12.8 miles per gallon, and the very first time I checked it, I got exactly 15.0. I that's mean, I, I big, couldn't believe big, it. That's a and, big increase. Well, it is. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I haven't figured percent. Probably 10, 15 percent. Yes. That. Yeah, I mean that's that that was big bucks even back then, and back then we were buying gas for what fifty cents or something. Sure. Uh, but anyway, that's what kind of got me on these products. And so when I bought this '94 Suburban, I put those products in there right away. Okay, and I'm sure that's why I didn't burn it up. In fact, I talked to a fellow here uh, a couple years ago from from my hometown, Lincoln, Nebraska. He said I had the same thing happen to me my air conditioning compressor locked up through the serpentine belt. And he said it was October, about 70 some degrees. And he said, I, I drove that thing seven miles and it ruined it. It burned it up in seven miles. And so I thought, wow, here I drove that thing 110 miles when it was 106 degrees. Now in, uh, in all fairness, it did cause some damage. When I got it back to my mechanic, uh, Randy, he said, man, I'll tell you right now, uh, as hot as that was, first of all, you shouldn't have an engine left. It should have absolutely locked up on you, melted down. But he said, I guarantee you don't have any gaskets left. You better have me change your intake manifold gasket and your head gaskets because there's nothing left of them. I said, ah, it's okay. So I just kept driving it. But it did start using a little water, using a little antifreeze. And so they have a, a product called Dyke. It's a stop leak. And I dumped that in there. That kind of took care of it for quite a while. Fact is, I ran it another two hundred and forty thousand miles after that, but at about six hundred and forty thousand miles, uh, it was using water again. I said, Randy, how long do you say? How long? What? How long to change that manifold? How many hours? He said, oh, I'll have it changed in a couple hours. I said, Let's do it. So he changed out that intake manifold gasket, and guys, he was right. There was nothing left of that gasket. I mean, it was absolute toast. And he said, you better have me change your, your head gaskets, too. I said, ah, they're okay. And, well, guess what? Another 25,000 miles later, the head gaskets went out. So, uh, and, again, there was nothing left of those. He, he was right. I should have had them change back up 400,000. 
but uh, actually at at six, I think the head gaskets went out around six hundred eighty thousand. So um, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because it gave us the opportunity to look into the cylinders, right? And at six hundred and and actually six hundred seventy nine thousand, there there was nowhere in those in those cylinders. There wasn't even a ring ridge at six hundred seventy nine thousand, even after running it. For, for that 110 miles when it was so hot without a water pump. Man, so, you got uh, you got good luck there, buddy. <laughs> you got oh, great luck. How often yeah. did you change the oil uh, per the manufacturer well, or some other? Um, I don't I don't know what the manufacturer recommends, but that's the other key. Um, I have a real good friend um, that's beca- well, a good mechanic that's become a good friend. And what I did every, every uh, I change I change oil. Well, first of all, I use their fuel conditioner. It's called FuelMate. I, I put two ounces for every 20 gallons every time I fill up. Okay, and it's got that polar molecule in it. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons it didn't melt down on me uh, when when I pulled my stupid. Uh, <laughs> you didn't watch your gauges mile. yet. <laughs> uh, hey, <laughs> Ben, anyway, uh, I, go ahead. Yeah, every time I fill up, I add a, a little of the fuel conditioner, FuelMate. And then every uh, 5,000 miles, I add a pint of their fuel system cleaner called 4Power. Now, in, in our part of the country, as we go from fall into winter, we're out driving these vehicles. And if the temperature is below 32 degrees and you come back and park in a warm garage, you get condensation in the tank. And people wonder why, why in the wintertime their vehicles uh, will run so lousy sometimes. Well, 4Power takes all that out. And you can have somebody where their, their vehicle is just really causing them fits, pour a pint of that four power in there, and within a block, it's, it's done. It's running normal again. So I use a pint of that four power every 5,000 miles. And it, at uh, 5,000 miles, it's also when I change my oil filter. So I change my oil filter at 5,000 miles. Then every 10,000 miles is when I had my oil changed, and I also have it, have it greased. They've got a product called Rhino Grease. And so at 10,000 miles, I change the oil filter uh, and, and new oil and have it grease. And incidentally, guys, I put on my very first front-end parts at 892,000 miles. Fantastic. The same front-end? Front end same front-end. Have you heard from Chevrolet at all? or uh, are you know, you... No. Well, yes and no. I tried contacting them. Yes. And they've got a, uh, they've got a, a mil- I think you have to have a quarter of a million miles or something to get into their I don't know what they call it. Um, I saw anyway, a million mile club. I think they have. They've got the million mile, and I need to contact. I did try to contact them, but at, they weren't all. I, I really couldn't. I really couldn't get to the right person. And I think they're more interested maybe in selling electric vehicles right now. Yes, that's kind of the conclusion that I came to. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, I did try to try to contact them. So, but anyway, that's. That's been my my uh, formula for maintenance all all this time, and uh, I use uh, Michelin tires. I get extremely good mileage out of Michelin. Um, I can tell you what I got on the last. Well, I, right now I've got a hundred and hundred and nine thousand on the set I've got on there now, and they still got lots of tread on them. That's but great. The key is that maintenance and balance every five thousand miles. Um, so and and I use the I use the Conklin products bumper to bumper. Uh, I'm not much of a mechanic, 
and that's maybe why I like these products. I don't have to be the best mechanic. I mean, it just it just eliminates a lot of those those normal problems. Now you're always going to have the odds and ends. You've got switches, you got tail lights, you got whatever mm-hmm. that's going to. But my mechanic kind of keeps an eye on that stuff, and, and he says, "Hey, you you know, you got to you got to tail lights out or whatever." And so he does a lot of that for me as well. Um, so, uh, ben, this been, this is not um, disrespectful of the the kind of car that you have with this million miles on it, but it doesn't readily come to mind that you know going down the street, uh, kids or younger adults or anybody would would turn their heads and looks at it, look at it. But since it is thirty years old, what kind of reaction has the public uh, stopped you in gas stations? Do people take interest in it? I mean, it is thirty years old. What kind of reaction have you gotten over the years from people noticing the car, if any? You know, it's in good shape yet. Uh, about five years ago, uh, it was getting some rust on it, and I had some body work done. And I think I had about $4,000 in it. But uh, it's, it's, I mean, it, it looks good. I polish it twice a year. Um, and so it looks good. Every one, once in a while, somebody will stop me and say, man, that's a sharp, sharp older uh, uh, Suburban. But actually, that, that style back in uh, 94, and I think they, they had that same style clear up through 99. Um, it doesn't look that old a vehicle. I don't know if you guys can remember what they look like, but it doesn't, it doesn't look that old. I mean, it's kind of a modern style yet. Yes. Uh, uh, I think they changed in 2000 and, uh, and I've got a new suburban too. I've had it like four or five years now, but I just, I love driving that 94. It, it just, it drives so easy, and it's actually a little smaller than that that uh, newer style and uh, i still haven't been able to park that newer one in the in the lines you know when you pull up parallel park uh, right. i'm always <laughs> but that 94 uh, i can look over the fender a little better it just it just uh really really i i just love driving that 94 i so, looked up uh, some i looked up some used uh 94s just for fun and also you're right it's a good looking body style i mean it's a classic and it you know, never goes out of style i guess um but the the high priced one I saw for twenty two thousand dollars, a guy had a um, had fifty four thousand miles on it. So you'd probably get together with that guy, huh? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then most of them were anywhere from two to seven thousand dollars. That kind of price range yeah. with with you know two hundred and twenty five up to three hundred thousand miles on them. I saw one with three hundred and fifty, I think. So, but. He's, oh, really? he's got yeah. nothing on you. He's it might nothing. have been the third engine, though. You know, who knows? Another yeah, area, another area that yeah. I wanted to approach, and uh, it was Bruce's idea, so I'll give him the credit in advance. You've put a million, uh, now more than a million miles on this vehicle in thirty years. I mean, doing some quick math, did you have an occupation that, or did you take a lot of vacations, or how did the that car uh, accumulate so many miles? You know, it's a, it does sound like a lot. A million miles is a lot of miles, I guess. But when you divide that out over the what's it been ninety four? It's been thirty years, right? Yes. So you divide it out. It's the average is maybe what thirty thirty thousand a year or something. Yes. Right? Uh, which is is probably a lot of guys drive that in a year. Uh, my occupation, uh, I, I actually uh, got a got an account with that company, and then one thing led to another, and I'm completely independent. I don't work for that company. Mm-hmm. Or it's called Conklin. I don't work for them. I'm independent. But uh, I, I've developed business with that company uh, all over the United States. And so, uh, and we have family 
basically spread all over the United States. So both both family and business have contributed to all those miles. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, it's just um, now. Please don't divide the miles by if if you're travel an average of uh, say uh, sixty miles. And actually, it's not that much. I figured it out on my new suburban. I've only averaged thirty eight miles an hour on the new one. Okay. Uh, but if you divide all those miles by those hours, please don't tell me how many years that is. It would scare me. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought front. about that. I didn't do it. I, I took 29 <laughs> years, and I came up with about 34,000 miles a year and 94 miles a day, I think it was. So yeah. Okay. That, that's a few. <laughs> that's a few. That's a few. Ben, yeah. um, uh, ben. thank you. Um, you mentioned being in Vietnam, so I'm, I'm not a veteran. Bruce is not a veteran, but... Thank you for that. We're a little late to say Happy Veterans Day, but appreciate that. So I'm assuming that we're in the same age range, um, and uh, this is not being morbid, I don't think, but since you probably are, I'm guessing, in your late 60s or, or early 70s. Um, oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> late, how, about, how about later on in the 70s? Okay, thank you. I, I, <laughs> okay. Um, and and the, the strangeness of the question would be, uh, we've interviewed other people who um, as they get older, they've, they've, um, said that the car is going to go to son number one or son number two or daughter number one or an uncle or an aunt. Um, number one, I guess would be, would you ever sell the car? And number two, do you have it designated to somebody in your family yet? Well, it's designated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of odd that, uh, you would ask that because just, uh, here about six months ago, uh, my wife says she's going to bury that vehicle with me. Okay. okay. <laughs> I've heard that story before. Oh, we think we've Not all heard from that. you, but <laughs> thank you for that sense of humor, man. That is just that's the best. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't know what cemetery it's going to end up at, but it'll be one of these cemeteries around here, I guess. In maybe another thirty years or so, you got got a long ways to go. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, that's right. I think Conklin yeah. uh, Conklin gets dibs on that. Yeah, car. Conklin gets dibs on it. Um, <laughs> Do you have children, yeah. and, and did you take your children a lot of places, uh, whether they were, you know, youngsters or you said visiting family? What what do your, maybe it's even grandchildren or great-grandchildren, what, what do they make of a car that's 30 years old if they've commented on it? Oh, it's just, it's just part of, I mean, they grew up with it. Yes. You know, they, they pretty much growing up with it, and all the kids, we have four children, and um, we've got uh, 11 grandkids now. Great. And, uh, you know, they've all, in fact, let's see, my oldest grandchild uh he's 29 now i guess and here a couple of years ago uh well it was right before we bought the uh, newer suburban yes uh, so it'd be about like four years ago now but he said uh, papa this is the only vehicle i've ever known you to have and he thought that was really unusual which i guess it probably was probably is yeah and absolutely all those years so he'd have been 25 at that time mm-hmm. and uh they don't know anything else but yeah every one of the kids and grandkids they spent hours and hours and hours uh, in that vehicle, just errands around town and vacations, you know, um, uh, all over the country. So uh, it's just, just, just part of the family, I guess. That's great. So, I'm curious about the interior. How's that, uh, like that armrest you mentioned, what's the interior look like? Have you had it redone or is it original? You know, I should send you a picture. Please do. Uh, now, the armrest, the armrest itself, uh, I had the upholstery on that. Oh, let me back up. Uh, uh, generally, the upholstery in that '94 su- suburban, and we bought the the one with the cloth upholstery, not the not the leather. Okay, that cloth, and it is incredible. 
it looks brand new yet, guys. No joke. I don't know how in the world uh, whoever whoever contracted with Chevrolet for that interior, um, uh, they must have. They they've got a super product. I'll tell you that it looks brand new yet. I cannot believe it. And in the wintertime, you get in it. Now, the new one's got the leather. Well, you got the heated seats and all that. I would still prefer the uh, the cloth interior. Uh, when it had maybe, I don't know, about 3,000 miles, I took off one day, and that that uh, the back of the front seat just went backwards. You talk about scary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean. We're glad you're bar. here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I had my mechanic buddy, Randy, took that seat out and uh welded it up and uh it's uh, braced it up really good so i wouldn't do that again and actually something something uh, i was out the lumber yard oh it was it was getting kind of ratty i was out at the uh the junkyard one day and there was a uh uh suburban there same year same exact interior and i paid 150 bucks for the front seat with the you know the six-way controls and all that and so the the only thing that's not original is that front seat. I'm on my second front seat. And before that one went in, I had him weld that one up and brace it as well. That's so, good. Uh, so that you're wearing out front good. seats, not Preventative motors. medicine. <laughs> Preventative medicine. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it just, it just uh, takes its toll, I guess. And I'm not that big a guy. You know, I'm, I'm not 400 pounds, right? I'm just normal. Uh, normal, what, 175 pounds, I suppose, something like that. So yeah. I'm not tough on the on the front seats, but they, they, they can only take so much, so many hours. I'm so, assuming uh, uh, you're not driving the car real hard. You, you don't have it on the floor on acceleration, or you're not braking hard or cornering and all that stuff, too. I'm sure you're a pretty easy driver, or no? Oh, yeah, and, and I've always been that way. No, I, I take it easy. Uh, I don't uh, – my wife's in the other room. She, I'm not uh, – now, <laughs> okay, I'm, I, I – See a stop sign coming up. Unlike some other people that might be in this family, uh, I start slowing down. You know, maybe a quarter of a mile or a quarter of a block away. I don't wait till I'm 20 foot from the stop sign to put on my brakes. You got me? Yes, right. yes. So. <laughs> I bet you so. know how long your la- your last set of brake pads lasted you too, huh? I think that there must be a universal. <laughs> um, I don't know what you call it, but between husbands and wives and driving, there's just a universal. Uh, dilemma of some sort that we all that both sides of the coin we all none of us are completely innocent or completely guilty it's just a husband yeah. wife thing i think through the years there you go yeah and actually i i think all of our wives are sisters oh i think you're right there i think you're absolutely <laughs> right there um hey ben is there any other quick anecdote that you can share with us that um maybe a topic we haven't covered that um with a 30-year car, a member of your family, uh, that you'd like to share that uh, something unusual happened along the way uh, other than the things you've shared so far? Oh, you, you, my wife could probably tell you all kinds. The only time, like any time something has, has not worked correctly, it's, it's when she's been with me. And, uh, <laughs> holy, holy jamoli. <laughs> it never fails. It yeah. never fails. Yeah. Like, uh, like the... Uh, uh, compressor, air compressor, lock it up. You know, it's always when she's with me. So oh my goodness! Here. Anyway, but no, it's been it's been good. And if if anybody's in, uh, and from what we saw of the condition of those cylinders, you guys at at six hundred and seventy nine thousand, I see no reason why if I hadn't messed up so bad, 
uh, I see no reason why a, why a vehicle couldn't go 2 million miles as far as wear on an engine. I mean, it's just, and if anybody's interested in the product, uh, they can just, it's CompanVehicleProducts.com. Uh, and uh, just, uh, you, you can get all kinds of information there. That's why I've, I've been able to get a million miles gotcha. on that vehicle, guys. Seriously, um, it's, I, I uh, use a product bumper to bumper. Yeah, I, I looked it up. Yeah, it's Conklin. It's with a C, C-O-N-K-L-I-N, vehicle uh-huh. lubricants. Yeah. Ben, I think uh, uh, you're not going back to STP then, are you? (laughs) Andy (laughs) Grantelli is long deceased, right? He was the the STP guy. Um, Ben, your your sense of humor uh, with the anecdote you told about your wife and things, that's thank you. That's a perfect ending. uh, And mentioning the company is fine. I should have mentioned it earlier, but thank you for that. And uh, thank you, uh, Ben, for uh, being the guest on the Weekly Driver podcast. You're you're a lot of fun, and uh, congratulations! What a yeah, what a absolutely. nice um, milestone to reach in a in a vehicle a million plus miles in a '94 um, Chevrolet Suburban. Uh, great! Thank you for being our guest. Well, it's been a pleasure, and you guys uh, uh, keep up the great job. And Merry Christmas to you both. Thank you. Hey, Same thank to you, you and your family, you. Ben. Cheers. All right. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Bye bye.